the fifth successive time, England has lost the toss and take the field. Watched by a tense crowd, Australia's opening pair, Morris and Hassett, go out to a perfect wicket. Sir Jack Hobbs weighs up their chances under the famous gas holder where he himself so often opened for England. In this TV report covering the final test match of the Ashes 1953, the journalist denotes the presence of the striking industrial structure, as if it was part of a cricket ground. Gas holder number one is the largest of the oval gas holders and one of the most iconic in the world. Over the course of 130 years, it's witnessed thousands of matches and the making of legendary cricketers to become a true international sporting landmark. From its central position in Kennington, it's also observed the development of the area, from overpopulated and relatively poor to the middle-class neighbourhood that it is today. In this episode, we'll take a brief look at the history of the gas holder and find out how local residents managed to save it from demolition. Eventually got through to the person who was basically in charge of decommissioning and, and demolishing all of the, a lot of the gas holders all across the United Kingdom. He didn't really know that I was, in, you know, that I liked it, so he was quite kind of relishing the thought of, you know, pulling it all down and tearing it down. So I put the phone down after that and then thought, you know what, I know that buildings do get listed. I thought I'll just spend a Sunday afternoon doing an application online and then try and get it listed. Open your eyes. Open your ears. This is Eyes and Ears. I am your host, Nicolas Bouchon, and this is City Bites from Eyes and Ears, a podcast revealing the untold stories of the city's most interesting buildings and neighborhoods. Great grey lung suspended inside a rusty lace cage that rises and falls when I'm not looking. In this short poem, the contemporary poet Victoria Bean nicely described them as the great grey lungs of our cities. Gasholders, or sometimes called gasometers, flourished across the UK during the Victorian era. These structures were designed to store the gas produced by burning coal. The gas container within the frame would rise as the gas was produced in fall as it was used throughout the day, leaving the skeletal wrought iron frames empty, as they appear today. With the discovery of North Sea gas and the development of underground high-pressure pipes, gas holders have become obsolete, and since the late 1960s, they've mostly been used as reserves. Gas holder number one is the oldest and the largest as well. It was first built in 1853, but was then replaced in 1877 with a design by eminent gas engineer Corbett Woodall. It was the world's largest gas holder at the time of its construction. The imposing guide frame is approximately 135 feet high, but the gas reservoir within could rise to over 180 feet when at full capacity, making it a very large structure in the Kennington landscape. The gas holder was in full use from 1877 and has provided a magnificent backdrop to cricket matches played at the Oval ever since. It was part of a larger ensemble of gas holders owned by the Phoenix Gaslight & Co company. The two other gasometers, erected around the same time, were also designed by Corbett Woodall. Albeit smaller in size, they are more elegant, with neoclassical style frames and Tuscan columns, on which you can see some neat designs of phoenixes rising from the flames, a reference of course to the company that built them. 
Charles de Silva is a 31-year-old Londoner working in medical technology and TV production. He lived in Kennington for over five years and became really interested in the gas holders. I used to live in the building that's right beneath the gas holder. I think it just tweaked my interest because I couldn't get away from this huge gas holder because you could literally throw a cricket ball from the from the balcony and hit it. It's only about 50 yards away. So um, as soon as I you know, lived around there for more than about a year or so, I just realised how intriguing it was because sometimes, you know, you'd, you'd go to work and the whole interior of the gas holder would be um, right up high. So it would look like a kind of 40-storey building and then you'd come back and then the whole thing had sunk down, just revealing the kind of iron structure. Um, and when that's silhouetted against the kind of beautiful, you know, sunset sky, it sort of silhouettes black and it just looks really cool. And so you realise how bizarrely, strikingly beautiful these things are. The sounds and the movements of the gas holders could sometimes turn them into animated structures for the local residents, almost making them alive. You could hear it creaking from where we lived when it was when it was still in use, almost like a kind of massive living creature. Sadly today, most of these stunning symbols of industrial Britain are facing demolition, and the overall gas holders are no exception. It was first in 2014 that Lawrence de Silva saw the threat coming. We got like a, note, a letter through the door um, from Southern Gas Network saying that they'd um, sold off the site to a to a, to a prop, massive property development company in London and that they were in the process of decommissioning the, the gas holders. That sort of suggested to me that they were, they were going to demolish it as well. He started to investigate and rang one of the numbers found on the leaflet distributed to all the local residents. Eventually got through to the person who was basically in charge of decommissioning and, and demolishing all of the, a lot of the gas holders all across the United Kingdom. He didn't really know that I was, in, you know, that I liked it. So he was quite kind of relishing the thought of, you know, pulling it all down and tearing it down. So I put the phone down after that and then thought, you know what, I know that buildings do get listed. I thought I'll just spend the Sunday afternoon doing an application online um, through the Historic England website and then try and get it listed. Little did I know that actually it was way more work than an afternoon's work. And so the work began. Lawrence got in touch with the Council for British Archaeology and spoke to several industrial heritage experts who helped him gather the necessary information to build his application. He also remembers going to the Lambeth archives one evening, trying to find more information. I was digging up or asking the librarians who looked very amused for gas holder kind of uh, drawings and the, the initial plans for the gas holders that date from 1870. And these, um, these plans were huge, great big things that kind of filled the table. And it was all hand-drawn and annotated in the kind of very flamboyant Victorian script. And I don't think they've seen the light of day for about 150 years or whatever. After over four months of work, Lawrence was able to establish the heritage importance of the gas holders from an historical, archaeological, artistic and architectural point of view. He also managed to demonstrate the unbreakable link with the Oval Cricket Ground, which made the gas holders, and particularly gas holder number one, known to most cricket fans on the planet. Here is Lawrence again. This is arguably the most famous one in the world to some degree, because if you think about it, cricket is the second most followed sport behind football, with an estimated two and a half billion fans. And, um, you know, the, the Oval is one of the most famous grounds, arguably, in the world. And 
the defining feature of it. If you look at any of the kind of um, photographs of sort of great, you know, moments in the game, it's always taken in front of the gas holder in order to tell the public where this photo is coming from. It's instantaneously recognizable. In February 2015, he finally submitted the application, along with over 120 pages of supporting materials, including pictures, articles and archive documents. And then, he heard nothing for a year. One morning of March 2016, as he was having breakfast listening to the radio, the presenter announced that the Oval Gas Holder behind the Oval Cricket Ground had been listed by Historic England. He was a little surprised to find out the outcome of his application from the radio, but he was extremely happy about the result. Yeah, I was like really excited that it, had, that it had been successful after so much work. Although the two other gasometers were included in the application, Historic England decided not to list them, and they're likely to be demolished as part of the new development plans. It, it is sad that they're demolishing the two smaller ones because, you know, they're actually slightly more ornate and a bit more visually interesting. Um, but they don't have the sporting significance because they're not right up against the cricket ground. But the most important structure will remain as a defining feature of Kennington, thanks to the work and the determination of a local resident. It's going to be around, well, forever potentially, and, you know, in one way or another as a listed protected structure. And it feels good to, that I've I kind of led the, led the charge on, on doing it. Across the UK, 12 gas holders have now been listed by Historic England. But the organisation says it's unlikely that many more will be protected, as cities need more space to build housing. The few that remain will be repurposed or integrated into new developments. We've seen examples of that in King's Cross, for instance, where luxury apartments have been built within the listed gas holder frame. The same is likely to happen in Kennington, where Berkeley, the property development company who bought the land is planning on erecting a tower flats within the now grade 2 listed gas holder frame. But what will happen to the rest of them? Most gas holders will be dismantled in the UK and beyond as cities are now parting with their no longer needed great grey lungs. Thanks for listening to this first episode of City Bites on the Oval Gas Holder. This podcast was produced by Eyes and Ears. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. We will be back soon. In the meantime, stay soft and healthy.